Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. The first vlog in 2021. Welcome to 2021. I know that we have a lot of people starting Brightline Eating right now or resuming and getting back to Brightline Eating right now um, because it's the beginning of January and that's the way it goes, right? The gyms are full, uh, you know, people are starting again. It's just the way it goes. And I was talking with someone the other day who is also getting back on track with Brightline Eating. She might have about 30 days up again. And she shared something with me that I instantly jotted down as a future vlog topic. So what she said was, uh, she was excited. She said, Susan, I'm noticing that my thinking is really different around my cravings. Uh, like I'm having a craving and then there's this uh, thought right after the craving that goes, oh, that's a craving, but um, I don't need to act on it. Uh, it'll go away. She said, uh, she said, I used to think that cravings meant that I had to act on them for them to go away, that, that, uh, that they would just build until I caved, basically. Uh, and I said, oh my gosh, right. That is such an important distinction. That's such an important lesson. And, um, addicts in rehab, addicts in rehab, like crystal meth addicts, heroin addicts, you can predict their rates of relapse when they get out of rehab by what they believe about cravings. Addicts who believe that cravings will build and build and build until you succumb to them, that, that they are essentially a foregone conclusion that once the tsunami of a craving washes over you, you have to give in. Otherwise, it just gathers momentum. That there's no way out, but, uh, but using those addicts, not surprisingly, have very, very high relapse rates coming out of rehab. Um, addicts with just as bad an addiction, but with a different belief structure around cravings. Addicts who believe that, uh, cravings will come and go and will pass whether you use or not those addicts tend to have uh, much lower rates of relapse coming out of rehab and in fact, um, really good uh, percentages of staying clean coming out of rehab. Not surprising, right? Well, that's really good news. So those of us who are looking to address our food and our weight using Brightline Eating, those of us who are higher on the susceptibility scale for food addiction and have um, more sort of food addiction in play as we try to handle this weight thing, right? Uh, we need to be thinking in terms of addiction and recovery, not just weight gain and weight loss. It really is an addiction matter. And this is where cravings really come into the mix. Cravings are one of the 11 criteria from the DSM-5, the, the American Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, um, around what is a substance use disorder, right? What is addiction? Well, uh, addiction goes along with cravings. And so, um, how we think of those cravings really matters. Now, of course, not acting on the cravings matters too. And there's all kinds of ways to not act on it. The precursor though, is you've got to have a strong identity that you're really, really doing this bright line eating thing. And you've got to be committed to withstanding that craving and riding it out. And you've got to believe that the craving will go away if you ride it out. And it will. 
it will. Cravings do pass. Cravings do pass. Now, how do you not act on a craving while you're waiting for it to pass? Um, there's a million and one ways, right? All the things you can do in life that aren't eating addictively, right? So uh, if you're an introvert, you might consider journaling. You might consider praying. You might consider uh, meditating or just sitting and taking a few deep breaths. You might try uh, tuning into your body and finding if the body is located somewhere in your body. If you're an extrovert, you might try calling a friend on the phone or if there's someone in your house, reaching out and engaging with them. If you're crafty, you might consider doing a puzzle or knitting or um, drawing, doing Zentangle or some sort of, some sort of artistic thing. Um, Ironically, sometimes going into the kitchen to do food prep can be a really excellent action. Like if you're craving something off your food plan, go make sure your next meal is prepped, your next actual bright meal. Go chop vegetables, go, um, yeah, go peel carrots, go get your bright food ready so that the next right thing to eat is going to be the easiest thing to eat when mealtime comes. Um, write a gratitude list. Let me just share with you the few things that are guaranteed, sign, guaranteed, that are scientifically proven to bolster willpower in the moment, um, so that you can guard against the temptation of a craving better. Gratitude. Make a gratitude list. Prayer. Ask God for help. Ask God to remove that obsession if you're so inclined to believe like that. Um, meditation. Take some good deep breaths. Doesn't have actually have to be long, like two minutes of meditation. Not kidding, two minutes. Um, social support. Reach out to another human being. Talk it through. Um, those have bona fide scientific backing. But uh, going for a walk, walking your dog, um, petting your cat. I mean, really, go watch a comedy on TV. So many things. Just really anything. Set a timer for 20 minutes and just commit that you won't eat for those 20 minutes. Uh, and watch how, you know, the 20 minutes, once they go by, you're not really thinking about food anymore. So, um, but this vlog actually is not about how to handle cravings. It's really about the psychology of cravings, how what you believe about the craving matters. And I want to tell you right now, cravings pass whether you eat over them or not. The urge to eat will pass whether you give in to it or not. And then your brain changes. Here's what I want you to watch for. Over time, the cravings will lose their teeth. Meaning, what used to feel like a full-bodied urgency to go get some food like a hand around your throat and a and a and a turn in your gut and um a need to get into action to go get some food will gradually morph into a vague curious thought hmm i wonder if eating right now sounds like a good idea and then your deep identity comes in and says, no, 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 it's not mealtime. I don't need to go. That's not my food. I don't need to eat any of that. And then the thought goes away. Night and day. One is a craving and one is a food thought. And I encourage you to consider starting to label your cravings food thoughts right now. Just, just drop the notion of craving. Just say, oh, I don't have cravings anymore. They're just food thoughts. They're just food thoughts. Don't need to worry about those. Those are just food thoughts. They come, they go, right? 
But notice how, now we have data on this in the Brightline Eating Bootcamp, which is just eight weeks long. By the end of the eight weeks, the average person in the bootcamp reports little to no cravings ever. Like the cravings go down, 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 down steadily over the eight weeks till at the end. And what I mean by that is the average rating of cravings goes down to, on average, one and a half out of five. Like how strong were your cravings this week? One, two, three, four, five out of five, with one being no cravings, really. Five being extremely strong cravings that motivated me to drive across town to buy a specific food and gobble it down in the parking lot, right? So from one to five. Um, the average rating at the end of the boot camp is 1.5, like really, really low, right? So um, your brain will heal a lot over just eight weeks of doing bright line eating. So watch those really throaty, like guttural cravings turn into these sort of really light, easy to brush away food thoughts. One final thought about cravings it um and food thoughts it really really matters what you think and uh how you guard your thinking in the moment after you notice you're having a food thought now it could be that you're having food thoughts and you're not aware that you're having food thoughts like it takes a little while for your watcher self to come online and realize i'm thinking about food right what do you do right then what I want to suggest to you is it's really important to develop a strong guard mentality against the sanctity of your mind. You need to get that food thought out. Um, and I don't care how you do it. Start singing, row, row, row your boat. Say, I don't have food thoughts. I don't, I don't fondle food thoughts. Goodbye, goodbye. Row, row, row your boat. <laughs> or um, just uh, use a mantra. Nope. That's not my food. That's poison to me. That is not my food. That is poison to me. Um, but some sort of strong, definitive response as opposed to, do you notice how I use the word fondling the food thought, right? What I'm talking about there is letting the food thought take root and grow and hatch into a plan. Like, oh, where would I get that food? When would I get that food? Hmm, how could, you know, that kind of thing. You need to guard against that. Now, if you ever do find a plan hatching, share it with someone. It like starts to uh, uh, expose it to the air, to the brightness. Um, it's a really good way to help it go away. Say, oh, hello, fellow Brightline Eating friend. Oh my gosh, I had this food thought, I fondled it, I hatched it into a plan, and now I'm thinking that at this time, on this day, well, I'm going to go into this place and get this thing, and I don't want to do that. I'm doing well with my bright line eating. I don't want to blow it. I want to keep, keep on, this is my identity now, this is my life now, and you share that plan, and it helps it uh, to dissolve. So that is uh, my little set of thoughts and pieces of advice on cravings and food thoughts as we start off 2021 bright, strong, united, together, and living our best bright lives, one breath, one moment at a time. I love you, and I'll see you next week.